Welcome to Eminence Podcast, episode number 101. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I'd like to welcome Gary Dudney from Monterey, California. Uh, Gary and I, we saw each other at Lake Mart recently, uh, so I've been trying to bring him to Emron's podcast. Uh, finally, we, we got a time. Uh, he's from beautiful Monterey area. I was there last year. <laughs> How's the weather over there now? Oh, uh, yeah. We had a huge rainstorm yesterday, uh, which was <clears throat> welcome because it We've had drought the last five years, so this was a welcome relief. Definitely, it's uh, we we have a lot of coal here. Spring has not arrived yet, uh, but we did we did get a lot of warm weather during the time we ran the Lake Martin. But it has been cold. I heard recently there's Umstead in North Carolina and it snowed, and a lot of people dropped out. I don't know which one's better, the hot and humid or <laughs> cold and <laughs> snow. <laughs> no, today is uh, today is sunny California. Although yesterday was the American River fifty mile, which is, um, you know, like the second or third biggest uh, fifty mile race in the country, and and they had uh, really bad weather for that. So, I was working the packet pickup there on Friday, uh, giving out bib numbers to the runners, and um, everybody was uh, it was pouring rain then, and. and <laughs> really anticipating a bad day. It was funny, the first-timers were all uh, pretty nervous about what they were getting into. Yeah, definitely. It's always a nervous, nerve-wracking for a first-timer, especially going that distance. Even a shorter distance, we had that issue. But yeah, spring will arrive. Uh, before we move forward, uh, your author, uh, uh, the book that you wrote is uh, Die Off Running. Can you talk about that book a little bit And before we move forward? Sure. The, um, the book is about the mental side of running, tried to make it fun to read. I filled it full of stories about uh, mostly trail running and ultra running adventures and uh, the difficulty of getting through, uh, you know, the hard parts of running, uh, the, the mental activities that uh, help you get through the difficult parts of running, and also how to get the most out of running, how to enjoy it, uh, how to see it as a journey, how to um, use it to you know, reflect well on the rest of your life. Definitely sounds like an interesting book. We can talk about this uh, book a little bit or, or the topic that you had in the book. Some of the things I'll really like to talk, especially the meditative side of running, ultra-distance running. Uh, before we really dive deep, uh, tell us about your background on your running, running background. You are in a beautiful side of the country, so um, how, how did you end up running 100 miles? Well, um, my wife and I moved out to California in um, uh, 1982, and um, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, Northern California was really the center of the the trail running, ultra running world back then. Uh, all the big races, American River and uh, Western States and uh, Fire Trails 50, the, the races in Marin County, they were all going on back then. I didn't know any of that, uh, anything about that, uh, but I was uh, marathoning quite a bit in the San Francisco area, and a friend of mine got into trail running and ultra running, and um, the first time, the first long trail run I did was in uh, the Ventana Wilderness in the Big Sur area, and it, it was a six-hour run through a really rugged part of uh, California, actually the Ventana area was one of the most isolated parts of uh, the state uh, until they built Highway 1, which, uh, you know, 
increase the tourism there a lot. But anyway, that first trail run was just, uh, I just found it remarkable. I, I had terrible blisters and bloody feet at the end of it. <laughs> And uh, I ran out of food and water. I didn't know you were supposed to eat while you were running. I'd never done anything like that before, but it was just so fascinating being out on those trails and um, uh, dealing with the, you know, the, the, the difficulties and at the same time having the magic of the redwood forest all around you and that sort of thing. It just, I really got hooked on trail running very quickly and you know, in ultra running, you, you do it for a while, and the, the ultimate prize is the 100-mile distance. So I worked towards that and um, did my first one in uh, 1996. And, of course, that was a horrifying experience, but it was also one of the most interesting and exciting days of my life. Uh, so I had to go back for more and since now I've I've run 6,200 mile races. I travel all over the country, running them. I just enjoy seeing new trails and meeting new people. Definitely, uh, talking about running, uh, going from uh, road running uh, for years about road running to going uh, ultra distance running. What did you find? Uh, I mean, you know, it's been a, it's been a while, but uh, tell us about that transition. Uh, did you ever had a doubt that you may go back to road running? Because you know, as a road runner myself, I know sometimes I find it find it much easier to be on the road than go being an ultra. So, for me, the huge difference was uh, in marathons. It seems like, or it back when I was doing marathons, everybody was trying to run their best time, so they were pushing themselves very hard. Uh, pushing right from the very beginning. You know, you didn't even dream of uh, slowing down and walking or taking a break or anything like that. It was all about the time and, and uh, the fact that you were in a race. Whereas trail running, especially the longer distances, there's less emphasis on your time and uh, a lot more emphasis on uh, relaxing and enjoying what you're doing and enjoying the experience of um you know, being outside and, and running through the woods or the fields or, or wherever you are. And the whole atmosphere is different. It's not as competitive and people are more communicative. They're, they're more, you know, likely to make friends with one another. Uh, in the marathon, you know, everybody was working so hard to run fast. Not, not many people <laughs> talking to each other. Definitely. So I just I love that part of uh, trail. The trail running community was very. It, it just seemed more welcoming. So, so ironically, doing the longer distances, the 50k, the 50 mile, that didn't seem like as hard a race to me as doing a, a marathon where I was trying to run a personal record. Definitely. A uh, couple of things to note. Uh, for me, sometimes running a 5k is the most difficult. Because you go in full speed, that's just like what you're talking about. So, yeah, you're really digging deep, right? Right yeah. from the start. Yeah, only Whereas nice. With trail running, there's hours and hours of, of uh, feeling pretty good before you, you know, you get into the pain and suffering. <laughs> we can talk about that too in a little bit, but uh, yeah. But one thing uh, I have noticed, and recently I ran a Little Rock uh, marathon. Uh, they had an eight-hour pacer. I was like, wow in the marathon, you know, <laughs> but nice thing yeah. about it, they had a beer and every, everybody's bringing a beer in the street. It had that 
testing mode of uh, trail running. And it's not a trail, but you know. Yeah, I, I think there are road races now that are um, that, that aren't where everybody's not competing. Um, I noticed that uh, there's a, of course, the Big Sur Marathon here in my area is a is a huge international uh, marathon. But they also have a Big Sur half marathon, which is um, it's not actually run in Big Sur. It's in it's mostly in Monterey, up up and down along the the ocean, and um, it's a huge race. It it draws uh, several thousand people, and I'd say more than half of them now are just walking and trotting along and just enjoying being out there and being part of the race. Whereas, you know, back in the 80s, it didn't seem like many people were doing that. But but now that's much more common. So, Definitely. you know, road races are probably, I haven't done any for quite a while. Uh, so there's probably been some evolution there that I'm not aware of. Yeah, there's a lot of changes there. I mean, I regularly run road and trail both, but road running, there's a lot of changes and a lot of, uh, even a half marathon, you, you can find a food and beer and <laughs> recent the last half marathon i was like whoa two hours i'm done and there's food and beer i can i can enjoy my day and walk around free so anyway yeah. so you know it also strikes me that trail running is maybe less um, uh, less hard on your your joints and whatnot because you have a softer surface because the trail is uneven and the and the elevation changes are more abrupt uh, you're you're shifting around a lot on your feet and you're you're using um a whole array of stabilizing muscles that maybe aren't as uh, aren't being used as much when you're running on a, a flat hard surface Definitely. which is very repetitive and you know it's the same stride over and over again whereas in the trail you're constantly making all those little adjustments to to the camber of the trail and, and avoiding all the obstacles and whatnot. I think trail running gives you, you know, probably a, a more well-rounded workout in that respect, but the soft surfaces are probably not quite as hard on your joints. So maybe for purposes of longevity, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the other side, people will argue that you guys are there for 24, 30 hours, you know, so maybe that's too hard on your body, you know, exhausting body to the limit. But that's for me. That's the reason I go run a hundred mile. So mm -hmm. let's let's talk about why do you run a hundred mile? I mean, it looks looks like that's your distance. Uh, you've been you've been running this for a while. Um, so so tell tell us about uh, why run hundred. I I guess the the most compelling thing about running a hundred miles is that you live an entire lifetime out there uh, during that that 30 hours that it takes to run it. With a 100-mile race, you always get into extremely difficult physical and mental territory. And that is sort of uh, what fascinates me about running is uh, how you deal mentally with, with the travails of uh, running 100 miles, dealing with the, you know, the muscle pain and the nausea that often it can be a problem. Um, all the things you have to learn to be able to eat and drink properly and pace yourself properly and um, have the right equipment and uh, things out there on the trail so that uh, you can last through the 100 miles. And then just the, you, you visit these really difficult, horrifying 
places in your mind, but then at the end, uh, you know, because you've you've been through the difficulty, um, when you succeed at the end and get to the finish, the 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 joy and ecstasy of uh, finishing are that much more, um, you know, intense. Which is sort of you know, Taoism has to do with the yin and the yang, the the um, the the black and the white, the good and evil. Uh, ugly and beautiful. You don't. If you don't know ugly, you don't know beautiful. Um, and that's that's one of the you know driving principles behind Taoism is there are unpleasant things in life and pleasant things in life. But without the unpleasant things, then the the pleasant things are are not as knowable. And running is very much like that. You have to really um, you know it's getting through the the difficulty and the pain and the suffering that makes the, the joy of being out there and being able to do it that much greater. Definitely. You're talking about that. Um, I mean, I talk about the recent experience we had at Lake Martin. I was, uh, I was in pretty dark place at the end, uh, not at the end, end of mile 75, the third loop that I talk about uh, a couple of podcasts now already. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> repeat that, but, but really uh, uh, getting it out, uh, those situations, from those deep moment and dark side, dark moment like that. That's it's it's always a great feeling. Yeah, that's that's actually Suman. I wanted to say um, the races that you really remember. You know, I've done. I've been in 250 races, um, if you count all the marathons along with all the ultra ultra marathons. And the ones that I remember are of course the ones where you really had to dig deep where you thought you were out you thought you were finished um you you couldn't imagine ever finishing that race and then somehow you managed to climb out of that situation and make it to the finish those are the most satisfying races and those are the ones that you know you remember the rest of your life the ones that went smoothly and you didn't have a lot of trouble getting through those I have trouble recalling those <laughs> among the you know the 200 races that I've done I, I have trouble remembering ones that went smoothly but the ones like Lake Martin where I really struggled and thought I was going to quit at 75 miles that uh, I'm sure I'll remember that for a very long time by the way your your podcast uh, where where you are um, you've recorded a lot of yourself during the run the the part where you it's at night and you you can't see anything you just hear your voice and you're really you're really feeling like quitting that is just hilarious (laughs) (laughs) it is just hilarious all you see on the screen is a light moving along and you hear this you hear this desperate voice yep that was a A place i've been to many many times and um uh it's 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 very, it's very funny. <laughs> my, some of my friends thought that I was abducted by the alien or something. So that's that's a, exactly <laughs> yeah. That's how it comes across. Yeah, but uh, but, but it, the fact it, that there's no picture, it's just it, that light moving along in the dark. That that makes it really precious. It was uh, it was that moment. Uh, so so let's bring that back. Uh, what happened is. Uh, I called my wife. I said, "Hey, you know, I'm about to give up." And, uh, and then right after, or right before that, right after that, I called her. I don't remember, but but I said, "I I have to record this moment. This is it. I mean, I'm I'm about to quit. I and mean, this is the first time I'm ever going to quit any race that I have started." 
And uh, that was the moment I, I was felt defeated, um, really, like what, you, what you're talking about, uh, just being in that moment of defeat uh, for me was really, really uh, difficult to, to even to, to think about it, you know. Just so so I, I took that camera out and said, I got to record this. Uh, so that's what I did. I think I puked after that. So, <laughs> but, so that was the first time that you looked like you were going to DNF it up. Yeah, yeah. Because I have never ever in any race, uh, even in any difficulty, I have never. This was really a first race uh, that I thought I'm going to give up. I never had. You know, I had a difficult moment. Pinhoti was pretty bad, but I knew that. You know, only way they're going to pull me off is. The only way I'm going to get off that course is somebody's going to pull me off. That's the, the, I knew that I, I was going to finish. And I had a difficult time, you know, many races. But but this was the only race that I know of uh, uh, I had uh, where I said, okay, I'm about to give up. That's very interesting, very interesting. So, so that it takes was, um, you, you have You have a lot of determination, which is a quality I think is is really central to getting through those moments. Definitely, I was talking to Matt about that. He said if it was any race, I probably would quit. But this was the fifth Lake Martin I had to finish it. So, so talk about <laughs> that. Uh, tell us about your your document. You said you mentioned that you had several of them. Uh, give us a one or two. How, how did you get out of those moments? You know, running a hundred, like I mentioned in my videos, breaks me apart a thousand pieces. But I I know how to put them together. Sometime like mm-hmm. like Lake Morland, I didn't know how to put them together till I took that nap. Uh, that all right. that's all I needed. But tell mm-hmm. us about some of your dark. Yeah, nap, naps are actually good. Good strategy. <laughs> yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Some some people they'll lay down and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the end of, well, end, of, end of the race. So, yeah. A little background on that. Um, the first twenty six hundred mile races I did, I was succeeding about two out of every three races. I'd finish two and then I DNF one. Um, finish a couple DNF one, so my my record the first twenty six hundreds was pretty spotty. Um, you know if things got really bad, I I would tend to drop out even if I didn't have a you know a physical reason to drop out. I might just be overwhelmed mentally and I I quit. Then I was uh, I got interested in the mental side of running and the strategies for getting you through uh, the difficult parts of the run and uh, spent a lot of time working on mindfulness. And the next 26 100 um, mile races I did, I had no, no DNFs. I finished 26 of them in a row. And it, it wasn't a matter of different training or a different approach to the run or, you know, I was getting older, so physically I was probably less capable of getting to the end of a 100 mile run. But um, my, my record, got a lot better and that's because I fixed the mental side of things. <laughs> so I learned I learned how to um, uh, mitigate the you know the pain and, and accept the pain and deal with the pain and keep going. And um, after I made that uh, step, then uh, after that I, I could I could get to the end of any hundred mile run as long as I didn't time out. And back then timing out wasn't as much of a problem as it has become since I've gotten older. I'm 65 now, so every time I go to a 100-mile race, it, it seems like I'm either the oldest one there or I'm one, one of the oldest finishers ever at that particular race. So, But it is a little bit more difficult to get to the end 
of the race uh, under the time limit. Got it. Give us a little bit of background, or a little bit of let's talk a little bit about uh, the mental mental side, the the mind side that you you're talking about uh, for running running hundred. That's uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who uh, uh, we, we ran together for a while, and then he I didn't see him, and I never I didn't see his name and record anywhere. Then I saw him yesterday. He said, you know, I, I, I ran 43 miles. I took a nap, and then I don't want to go anything. Physically, I was fine, but mentally, I was gone. So, so I was like, <laughs> you know. So, so anyway, that, that's a big part of having the mental side or, you know, the mind side of, of, the, of the running. Uh, tell us about it. Give, give, us, uh, give us your change, the, the change of mindset change. How, what, what is that? Let me, let me say, uh, Lake Martin uh, was a, a situation that you experienced, that I experienced, where you had stomach issues early on in the race. And that happens to me when um, uh, when the heat spikes uh, in, in Lake Martin. It wasn't that hot, but it was, it was fairly hot, and then it was humid at the same time, which is hard on me. Um, I took some energy gels that... Uh, are not the brand I usually use, and they didn't seem to agree with me. The The water there seemed a little overchlorinated. That didn't agree with me. So <laughs> basically by late afternoon, I couldn't eat or drink anything. And that that's happened to me before at other races. Um, so what I've discovered is that if you have no energy coming in, then um, uh, it, it doesn't stop you. It just makes the running very, very uncomfortable because you feel exhausted. You feel like you have no energy, um, but it, it, you, can, you can keep going. And uh, it's just a matter of being very, very patient with the, um, you know, the time passing and then also being very determined. And the, the determination is... Um, sort of an illogical determination it's it's like your your body is telling you is making all these arguments for you to quit and you know you're not eating anything you have no energy um that you're it's not going to get better it's maybe even going to get worse um but with enough determination you just sort of short circuit that logical argument and tell yourself you're going to keep going no matter how you feel. And if you can be patient about that, then you can continue running until the end. I know it's something you you mentioned at the beginning at the um, the pre-race dinner at Lake Martin, where thing is, you just you don't quit. You just keep going. And um, that's patience and determination are two key aspects that you have to bring to the running. Running 100 miles, ultra distance. Run, running 100 miles, yes, getting, getting to the end of a, of a hard race. But I, I think the, one of the mindfulness techniques that I use is when uh, the pain starts. Um, and I don't mean pain like, you know, you've actually injured yourself somehow or you have uh, you know, you have chest pains or anything like that. If you have anything that feels like it's actually threatening you, <laughs> threatening your health, then then you should definitely drop out of the race and, you know, get to the bottom of what it is that's happening to you. If you're, um, you're passing blood in your urine or uh, you're having chest pains or you're very dizzy, um, you know, anything like that, then you, you quit 
and you find out what's what's wrong and then you come back another day but if it's if it's just the the normal soreness the normal pains of running for hours and hours um the dealing with the this the exhaustion the sleepiness dealing with nausea those those sorts of things that aren't threatening you but but are making you very very uncomfortable um that's the sort of pain i'm talking about here but the thing is when you start feeling badly um you start feeling pain the the natural reaction is you want to you want to deny that it's happening to you or you want to run away from it or or you want to ignore it and none of that works so the thing you have to do is is acknowledge the pain acknowledge the way you feel um you know i i'm i'm feeling very very tired right now i would like to quit but once you acknowledge it then you you sort of you know really bring it to the forefront of your mind and and examine it really you know how exactly does this feel what look at it objectively um you know how how acute is this pain how uh how does it manifest itself and in in the act of sort of really confronting it 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 sort of it takes some of the sting out of it you know the the last thing you want to do is to uh is to go negative and um you know believe that the pain is going to stop you or the pain is going to um it, it it can only get worse uh i didn't train hard enough um i'll quit now and then i'll come back and do this again some other time uh once you get into that negative thinking about it then you can sort of spiral down and just make it worse but if you accept it and acknowledge it and sort of examine it then then you try to move beyond it to you know go back to focusing on uh what am i seeing on the trail what you know wh- where am i in the race what do i have to do at the next aid station uh am i drinking enough should i be doing more energy gel is there anything i can do to you know make make myself feel better right now and focus back on the, the on the process of the running and the journey of the running um and then you know if the pain reasserts itself then you just you acknowledge it again and and you um focus on it again but then again you try to let it recede into the background and that way you can it it, it takes the sting out of it and uh you can tolerate it definitely just em- embracing the, the whatever's going on with you i guess being yeah and it's good to it's it's very good another perspective that's very good is that um when this pain starts uh your your initial feeling is uh, oh you know something's wrong i i i'm doing something wrong that's why it hurts or i didn't train hard enough that's why it hurts but in fact that the pain you're feeling is a natural thing it's it's bound to happen it's it's happening to everybody else probably around you and um if you're feeling that way it means you're you're pushing yourself hard you're going for your goal um it, it's natural to feel that way it's a natural part of running and um it's not something to fear or panic over it's something to uh, uh you know validate the effort that you're putting into this run if you didn't feel that way it, it means you're probably not not running hard enough or you're not running up to your potential you're taking it too easy 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes you, this time I was trying to take it too easy, but I, I don't know. I don't know the outcome, how it, it would have been if I would have gone usually the, the speed that I'd run, but we'll never know. But tell us about when did this, this extreme happens, like what we just talked about. How can external factor can help? like people around you, family, support, aid station. Is there anything they can do to help you or it just has to come from inside you? I mean, I, I know the answer has to come from inside you, but still uh, somebody could help, you know, could do it um, to help you out. I mean, if you don't have a, like like your case, pacer support. or support crew or anything like that, yeah. uh, mine is kind of spotty. My family was in and out, but I know the I know the uh, group enough. But but still, they didn't know what to do with me. Even when I this when I when I came back, <laughs> it's like when I came back to Malta, they're like, I we they didn't know uh, what to do with me because I was I was I just said that I'm quitting. I literally said I'm quitting, but I was not going to give up my bib till I know for sure. Tell us about that extreme situation where I said, okay, this is it, and then trying to bounce back from that. I mean, I see what happened to me. But I, I, I was wondering if it's norm to try to do that or or, or is, does it happen often or people, when they decide to quit, it's done. You know, a lot of time I've seen when they decide to quit, they're quitting. Well, that's the thing about running is um, you alone have to do all the running. You know, nobody nobody can step in and run for you. So it does it does have to come from inside. And you should be... You should be open to, you know, people trying to help you. It's the distraction is nice when somebody when you feel really bad and then you come up on another runner and um, or a runner is going by you and you strike up a conversation. You, you, you know, oftentimes it's it's amazing how um, if, if you act like you you feel OK and and whatnot, then you start actually feeling better. <laughs> uh, but just the distraction of have you know carrying on a conversation with another runner can help. Sometimes um, uh, I've had situations where I wanted to quit, and then somebody said something to me, and it just it just re-energized me. But you know, it, it is very much as you know an internal thing. And um, thing at Lake Martin was. Uh, uh, ex- with me was uh, besides the stomach issue was exhaustion and um, I pretty much followed the same um, method that you did which was uh, I tried to stay at the aid station at 75 miles and um, I got in a chair and covered myself up tried to stay warm and, and catnap which often helps me uh, but it wasn't working I couldn't stay warm um, and I was uncomfortable in the chair, so I actually went to, I took my drop bag and climbed into my car and uh, turned on the heater and and fell asleep. And I was prepared to stay there <laughs> for as long as it took. But then when I woke up, I felt a lot better and, um, you know, yep. immediately saw that I, I still had a chance to um, make the, the cutoff time. So I jumped out of the car and, and kept going. Definitely. Yeah, it looks like you and I had a very similar experience uh, with the heat and exhaustion and, you know, with a stomach issue similar. That's how we, we got out. If the listener, if you're listening to this podcast and you had that issue or any any issue, the, the way I had to do it, I had to deal myself and figure out. I have to feel defeated. But at the same time, there were there was enough 
enough time for me to go on, and uh, my legs and body was ready after the rest. But whenever we got, we got back to the main aid station, I tried to sleep like what you, what you what you did did on the on the on the chair and didn't work, and I, I couldn't sleep. Uh, I wish I wish that I would have taken care of that a little earlier, but. But hey, you know that's I guess that's how you learn, and that's a war story now. <laughs> so tell us about uh, all this all these races you do around the country. What is your favorite race so far for a hundred miler? Well, <laughs> I have many races that I just think are fabulous races. Um, Zion uh, one hundred was, was both Zion and Bryce in um, uh, Utah are. Fabulous races. I enjoyed uh, Heartland in Kansas a lot. It's it's run in the Flint Hills. It's you know it's not an extreme uh, race. It's not a uh, really difficult one, but it was just the Flint Hills are, were very beautiful at night, and it's running through the night. I think is just a really magical part of uh, running hundred mile races. And there, you just had the entire sky, the stars you know, all the way down to the horizon, all around you. Um, and yet you'd think out there in the in the Flint Hills that it would be quiet, but it, it was actually very noisy. All the insects and animals running around out there, rabbits and, well, the rabbits were making noise, but uh, it, there was just a lot of sound out there. It, it was very intense and magical experience. And then, of course, um, Western States is exciting for a lot of reasons um you know being the oldest hundred mile race and the most storied uh it really is the the support there is fabulous and the sierra nevada mountains uh the course is fabulous leadville for a lot of the same reasons is a is a really great race i've also enjoyed the smaller races in all these corners of the of the country for instance i'd never heard of lake martin in Alabama and knew nothing about the area and uh, going there and seeing that that area was was very beautiful. The the races in um, Kettle Moraine in Wisconsin is a very interesting and beautiful course. Sounds sound like many, too many, many. <laughs> because uh, I have done 700 miles since they're all local. So local in instances in the surrounding area in Alabama, mostly. I uh, don't travel for 100. I guess I still haven't figured out. Um, so 100 miler and uh, being in an extreme situation, I guess uh, I have not done a whole lot of ultra out of southeast region. So so I, yeah. I, need, to, I need to explore a little well, bit. So so I wanted to do Ladville this year, but I didn't then kind of sign up for my lottery. So, For your listeners who, um, you know, have mostly run locally and, uh, you know, I'm sure you're enjoying the running a lot doing that. But if you, you really want an experience, you should, you know, travel to some place you've never been and uh, do a race there. It's, it's very exciting to show up in a brand new place and and see, you know, 50 miles or 100 miles of trail that you've never seen before. When you go to a race that's brand new, everything, you know, every step along the way is different. And, and that, that in itself is very diverting and helps you get through the race. Um, but, you know, not knowing where that next aid station is going to be and, and then being surprised when you come up on it, uh, meeting all people that you've never met before and interacting with them and you know the the local 
food and everything. It's just all really, it's a tremendous way to use um, running to enrich, uh, you know, uh, your experience there. Definitely. That's what I really need to explore, get out of the southeast and like to go west a little bit, Midwest. I do travel for marathon, but uh, don't travel and travel far for ultra marathon. Like I said, I was in your area last around this time last year. So, you know, talk about that. Uh, tell us about, uh, you know, you talked about your A's. Uh, you've been running for a long time. Uh, you're ultra running for a long time, been around. Uh, so, so tell us about what motivates you. You know, I show up at every race I do, and I'm just as excited and um, invested in it as uh, the first race I ever did. <laughs> I just never, I never get tired of it. And I think, you know, running mindfully, uh, the m- mindfulness is the uh, focused attention on the presence with acceptance. And so the, the goal when you're you're doing, you're running mindfully, you're doing anything mindfully, is to really stay focused on the present and on exactly what's going on around you as you do whatever you're doing. So with with running, you know, that means paying attention to where you are and the sights and the sounds and the smells and, and um, the feeling of uh, your, you know, your body moving through space, the, the breathing, focusing on the breathing, the swing of your arms the the sound of your feet hitting the ground because you're so focused on your experience it makes it very rich enthralling and at the same time as long as you're staying focused on what you're doing you're you know you're not thinking about other areas of your life especially problems that you know from the past or worried about something that's going on in the future you're just you're very intensely focused on what's happening to you in the here and now. And I think if you can stay in that mode, you know, the running stays very fresh because you're you're not just, you know, calling in the running you're doing. You're actually there doing it and feeling very engrossed by what's happening around you. Definitely. Talking about that, uh, how can uh, we, we train mindfulness training uh, like what you talked about, not only racing condition, also in a training, how do how, how do you personally apply from from? I guess you do it from the morning to night to day every day. How how do you how do you do that? Well, I'm not like trying to be mindful when I'm running all the time. Um, I'm just I let my you know I let my mind just wander. Um, usually when I'm training, I, I usually invoke mindfulness when things get more difficult. Um, if I'm doing a long run. Uh, I'll start focusing on mindfulness later in the run when when it gets more difficult to to stay with the run. And as far as training, um, I think it's very helpful to to practice that notion of focusing on the present and monitoring your mind to see when it wanders off to you know problems that you're having or uh, worries about the future or something. You know, you're running along, you're, you're focused on what you're doing, on what you're seeing, and then you find yourself thinking, you know, I really didn't 
didn't enjoy uh, seeing that person I saw yesterday. I wonder if I said something wrong or whatnot. You, know, you, you capture that thought and you acknowledge you had that thought and then you, you try not to assign emotions to it, but you just let it acknowledge it and then let it fade away and get back to focusing on the running. And the more you do that, the better you get at it. So after a while, you can run along and uh, immediately when when a stray thought enters your mind that is distracting you from the running, it's very easy. It, you know, it sticks out like a sore thumb in your mind and you can you know, acknowledge it's there and then move past it very quickly. So the more you you practice mindfulness, I think the more ingrained it gets into you. And then also practicing, you know, getting into difficult areas where you, you know, you run long and it gets painful and practicing accepting that pain and um, confronting it and sinking into it and then moving past it. The more you do that, the more that that skill will be there when you're you're in a race and things really go south and you really need a way to um, deal with the pain and tolerate the pain. If you've practice doing that over and over again when you're training then it will be there when when you're in the race itself definitely a lot of time i practice to be just to be present moment be aware listen i try to get my senses as much as possible when i uh when i train uh but uh, uh, even when i race try to keep every sense uh you know feelings and touching more uh, you know, present moment. Uh, I have not done uh, like what you described just now. When the when some thoughts comes in, sometimes I just kind of like you said, just wander off and try to bring it back. Um, but definitely confronting the issues as it comes along is a very important point. I think you bring bring up here. So that's definitely a great point. We're well, I just wanted yeah. to to um, add that the good thing about mindfulness is it really focuses you on. Um, the activity that you're doing, and as a result, you really appreciate that activity more. If you know, if you if you eat if you eat an apple mindfully, and you're focused on, you know, what does the apple look like? What what does it taste like? What's the texture like? Um, uh, what does it feel like to chew it up in your mouth? What is it? You know, uh, the the whole experience of eating the apple can become sort of a fascinating. Uh, interesting and deeply moving thing, whereas you know normally you might just you hardly pay attention to the apple at all. You just eat it, and you're you're in a hurry to get rid of it and get back <laughs> to work or something like that. You know, so um, that that's the thing about mindfulness. It, it can help you appreciate uh, anything in your life, and then also it gives you a a way to interrupt that flow of, of thoughts where you're just bouncing from one negative idea to another, uh, one worry to another. Um, when you're practicing mindfulness, you're, you, because you're focused on the present, you're, you're escaping all those other things that are, you know, tugging at your mind that are, it's, it's not very helpful to be worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow because you know until it happens there's nothing you can really do about it you know worrying about something that you regret that happened in the past that's all sort of wasted negative uh, energy and thinking um, as long as you're being mindful you're you're able to banish those thoughts and um, 
that's very useful. Definitely, yeah, definitely. One one of the thing, uh, kind of relating the topic here, being the mindfulness and trail running. You know, you gotta be in present moment. Be mindful. What you are, what you stepping on, how things are going. If not, you're gonna have to. You fall pretty quickly. So, so that's a, one of the one of the thing. I think that that really brings uh brings really close together. I guess uh, now I'm seeing this path, similar path, or or same path, or parallel path we are on. Uh, being a mindful runner with the with the trail running, you know, not wandering off, but but staying where 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 you are at the present moment. So um, in the book, mindfulness is is one topic, but I try to come at running from a lot of different directions. So the the mental side of running. So there's a chapter on uh, like staying relentlessly positive, and uh, I think that's a a huge part of um, uh, dealing with um, uh, the, the stresses in running is, is being positive. There's a, a chapter about um, setting goals and reaching goals and, and the way that builds your self-esteem. Um, I talk about the, the movie um, Rocky and how, you know, what, what you can learn from Rocky in, in terms of, you know, what are your real goals? Um, Rocky's he's he's training for his his fight, but uh, the goal is really to feel better about himself. That's that's Rocky's problem. Is he is he he doesn't have any faith in himself and feels badly about himself. And his training uh, teaches him to that he's uh, you know able to rise out of his the the way he feels about himself and and uh, feel better about himself and and win his friends back and that sort of thing it's not the the goal really isn't the fight itself but the you know regaining his self-esteem uh so you know setting goals and whatnot i talk about the philosophy of existentialism i talk about um secular buddhism uh sort of secular Taoism. Uh, i talk about running as a fountain of health and youth so i i try to come at the mental side of running from with with a lot of different frameworks so that when you're out there running um i think the interesting part of running is the mental life that you're leading uh not so much the the physical part of it but but what's going on in your mind and that's what i was trying to um suggest in the book that that's the really fascinating part of running definitely uh so you can find your book uh, in Amazon and everywhere else, correct? I think I saw that on Amazon.com. So yeah, there's a there's the a paperback, and then there's also a Kindle edition and an audio edition. Definitely, all the listeners uh, check it out. I'll put a link uh, to that to the book on the show notes section of of this podcast. Uh, what is the book name again? The Tao of Running. That's spelled T A O, but uh, it can be pronounced uh, Tao or Dao. I think Dow is more uh, common. Definitely, I'll put a link uh, link in the show notes. So also, Suman, I should I should mention that uh, I just sent my second running book to the publisher, and it's going to be officially out in uh, November of this year. It'll be available on Amazon probably a couple of months before that. But it's um, uh, the title of that book is The Mindful Runner, and it will finding your inner focus. The Mindful Runner finding your inner focus. And it's going to be more about the mental side of running and more stories about um, uh, running, ultra running. But also I've, I've tried to focus more on marathons and shorter distances, 10Ks and 5Ks. So there's less in there about 
trail running and ultra running and more about marathoning and shorter distances. Definitely. Every, every aspect of running, not just distance running, ultra distance running. So, yeah, it sounds like we, we need to catch up sometime end of the years. Gary, uh, it has been really a pleasure to talk to you. We saw each other at Lake Martin. We went through so many ups and downs there, but uh, it's always refreshed to talk outside the race. Uh, you gave us uh, so much insight, especially about mindful running. Um, before we close this interview, I just want you to give a word of advice to all our listeners about how they can apply mindful running. We talked so many uh, parts of it. If we have left anything, just give us a word of advice. Well, my my word of advice is to um, pay attention to what is going on in your mind while you're running because I think that's where the, the, the fascination is and it's going to be your mind that gets you to the end. If you're an ultra runner, then you probably already know that uh, running is 50% physical and 90% mental as the joke goes. And um, my experience was once you had the strategies and the tools for getting through uh, the, the, the mental difficulties, then it allows you to uh, run as far as you, you, as you want to run, get to the end of every race. And <laughs> definitely, that's the whole purpose, to get to the end of the every race. Uh, you know, life is a journey itself, and uh, running a distance race is, is not that easy, just like like our life. So definitely uh, sounds like a great advice uh, there, Gary. Uh, what, what is what is your calendar like uh, in coming days? Any hundreds? Uh, next weekend, I'm going to be doing uh, uh, the Zumbro 100 in Minnesota. And then um, a month later is uh, Angel Fire in New Mexico, which is a very interesting and, and uh, beautiful race up at the Angel Fire Resort uh, near Taos, New Mexico. I, I was there last year, and uh, I recommend that race very highly. Um, then I'm going to do Burning River in Ohio the next month, and um, I'm tough in Idaho uh, the month after that. Wow. So you do month after month, 100 mile, or is it, are, are they all 100 mile you're about to do? or? Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, I do a lot of shorter races at the very beginning of the year, January, February, but then from March until November, I try to schedule as many 100 mile runs as I can do. It takes me about, takes a month to really fully recover from one, I think. So uh, you, you can do one a month. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, family will hardly let me run one a year, but <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. I'm I'm retired, so uh, I can pretty much focus on riding and running. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm taking advantage of that, <laughs> and it gives you a good as long topic. as I can. Yeah, it gives you a good topic of of riding and running and and mindfulness. That's great, uh, Gary. It's been a really pleasure to talk to you, and thanks for your time. Uh, we'll look forward. Hopefully, I can catch you up uh, some race uh, this summer or some somewhere out west. I'll come run. So. Absolutely. I hope you get out to uh, other parts of the country soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emirates Podcast. Please visit emirates.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get race photos, get discount codes, and more.